I know that we're trying to keep things to the 20 minutes on the message side. So uh, we have a deal that if I go over 20 minutes, um, Stuart's just going to come up, mute my microphone and finish my message for me and land it uh, so that we're all in good time. But really, uh, it's amazing, isn't it, that um, no matter what happens and no matter what the challenges, the church just keeps going on. Like there is nothing that can stop the church from being the church. And uh, it's just unbelievable that uh, although I haven't been able to visit Australia this last year, and it's really hard uh, considering the fact that my daughter Natasha in Townsville is uh, going to be giving birth early December and my wife, we can't get her on a plane and Australia won't let her in. Um, so it, it's tough, isn't it, uh, that you know, things have changed on so many different fronts. But when we talk about the church, there is so much excitement that runs through my veins because nothing has changed nothing has changed there are no hardships since the time of Paul uh, that will limit uh, the impact and the um, the beauty uh, of, of the body of Christ being one and uh, and so it is this morning that I just take great joy in being with you uh, even though it's via the internet and uh, even though it's 1:30 in the morning uh, so here we go um, wrapping up 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 through 28. I'd like to say, though, before we get started, that this relationship with Eltham that we so enjoy is, is something, I think, heavenly. Uh, when I think of um, the tremendous ways that Eltham has been involved in the work here in Greece, this partnership is a holy partnership. It's a beautiful partnership. And I think I just want to take a couple minutes just to say thank you to each of you who have been part of this congregation. Thank you for each, to each of you who've had a heart for the nations. Thank you to each of you who've sacrificially given and supported through prayer, and especially those who have stood with Ross and Heather uh, these last few years that um, and their journey that, that, and all that's entailed in their journey uh, for them to become a part not only of Eltham's presence in Greece, but a part of our very lives, a part of, our, of, of, of the fabric of this beautiful ministry and family called Hellenic Ministries. So I just want to, uh, Ross knows, Ross and Heather know how grateful we are to them, but I wanted to take this moment to thank each of you that have had a part in enabling them uh, to serve them and to through them to serve the nations and to have such a tremendous impact in our lives. So I just want to thank you for that uh, and uh, bless you. And I also want to bless you uh, for the incredible vision that you guys have as a church. Um, not only has the second campus started, uh, but uh, from what I understand, their vision is there for the third venue. And I just want to ask and uh, just encourage you uh, that no matter what happens, that your vision will always be greater than the challenges 
that are hard pressing on you. Um, with all the complications and difficulties that we might have, may the Lord continue to just flow through your heart with a passion and joy uh, to serve the nations and those around you. So we are called to a future and a hope. Um, we have a tremendous opportunity uh, to, uh, in our day to serve. Uh, but let's just shift our focus a little bit to Paul this message of hope uh, in an oppressive darkness that the believers uh, were experiencing at that time. Um, you know what's exciting about Thessalonians? What's exciting is that uh, Paul was likely in Athens when he was writing to the church in Thessalonica. Um, I don't know what it's like for you all, but I know that you don't have the same privilege of being able to think of Paul uh, writing from Melbourne uh, to the believers in, let's say, Townsville, uh, to the Church of Townsville. <laughs> you just don't have that. Um, but where we are here in Greece, uh, we can look out our window, look at the Acropolis, imagine Paul being somewhere in the Agora, in the uh, area surrounding the Acropolis, and uh, writing a letter uh, to the church in Thessalonica, and as you know, the church, the, the city of Thessalonica is still, uh, still, uh, you know, has the same name and uh, it, it's a very old city. But then it, there and then in AD 52, uh, Paul took that time not only to write to the Thess Thessalonians, but to take one of his own precious disciples, Timothy, and uh, send him to Thessalonica. You know, I was thinking not much has changed. Um, we've, uh, as City Church in Athens, uh, we took a young man by the name of Nikos Stamoulis, a wonderful, fine Greek young man. He went to Bible college. He interned with us. And uh, then we sent him off uh, to the second largest church in Greece near Thessalonica. Uh, and so I was just thinking, you know, we're all in this business of discipling others, sending them out, and you at Eltham are doing the same thing with your satellite churches. And I pray that you will continue to disciple and to send those out just as Paul did. Um, <clears throat> one, I guess what kind of encapsulates the nature of where Paul, uh, what Paul was addressing was in verse um, eight of chapter five. He, there's four things that he states: hope, love, faith, and salvation. At chapter five, verse eight. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Um, it was an oppressive time for the Thessalonians. Uh, they were in need of God's grace. And as we enter into the passage that we're looking at today, uh, Ephesians, I'm sorry, yeah, First uh, Thessalonians, sorry, chapter 5, verse 23 through 28, Paul writes the following words. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 
brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So in the next few minutes, I want to talk about some shifts. Yes, indeed, things haven't changed much since the early church. They haven't changed much in Greece. The church is still very small. Um, there's more we can do. But in the context of our difficulties, the, con the, the conflicting situations that all of us find ourselves in, we need to uh, enjoy this passage. Allow our minds to, to, to enter into the reality of what Paul is trying to say. Um, so the first shift I would like to address and to challenge you with is to shift from striving to resting. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and body, soul and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. So what does that tell us? The work of peace in our lives is the work of God himself. And the sanctification of our lives is not something that we can accomplish. It's not something that we can manufacture. It's not something that we have to strive for. Sanctification will be complete through the peace that God himself uh, provides and gives us. Um, what's beautiful is that um, there's a resting there, isn't there? Um, you know, in, le in a legalistic standpoint, you would have to work very hard uh, to sanctify yourself, to make yourself good enough that God would, would see fit to, to receive you. But in this context, and in the context of the Thessalonians, in the context that we are all living, we need God's peace, the peace that only He can provide, um, which settles the, the, the condition for us. He will sanctify you and I completely. Now, the word completely is so important because... In, um, you have to understand that Paul was in Athens among the philosophers, and he's addressing um, the, 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 the Christian community, some of which were Jews, uh, but in the context of more Greeks. And uh, the Greeks, they didn't consider there to be the body, soul, and spirit. They, there was the duality of the philosophical Greek that considered everything of the soul and the spirit uh, to be separate from the body. As you thought had nothing to do with as you were. Um, and so Paul, very interestingly, chooses to speak about our completeness in spirit, soul, and body and that all three would be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the, the early Greeks, they would philosophize and believe that the spiritual domain would be God's territory in their lives, but they could do whatever they wanted with their bodies because that was just the natural body being the natural body. Um, 
And so they could live in this duality of sense. Um, and then for us, and in the Hebrew form of thought, uh, for the Hebrew, uh, to think was only as good as to act. And so there's a completeness in our sanctification where our spirit, our soul, in our body are as one. Our holiness is important to God as much in our spirit as it is in our body. Now, there's an interesting concept here, and that is that for us, we like to prove with our works that our spirituality is what it is. Um, but in the Hebraic form, uh, the work happens from within and moves out to the body. Uh, so you must, in order to be complete, your mind has to be at peace with God. In, you know, I, I've been pretty stressed lately. I've been uh, putting in a lot of hours. We have a complete lockdown while you guys are coming out. We are in a situation where we have to um, text the government to get permission to leave our houses. Um, and so, um, you know, the end of the week has come, and I feel like it's up to me to provide rest for my body uh, so that I can maintain a sense of peace and a balanced life. And I'm challenging myself because I don't think that if I exercise more and if I take care of my body, I will be more at peace. Uh, in actuality, what I have to do is rest in the God of peace, the God of peace who can transform my mind. And as the inner part of my spirit, the pnevma, and uh, my psyche, that which will live forever, but as my spirit is nurtured and rested in the God of peace, who himself will sanctify me, then the rest of my body will also experience that peace that otherwise I think many of us might often give ourselves to recreational activities uh, to get that balance. Not that it's bad. Yes, we need to take care of our bodies, but we need to remember that it's the God of peace himself who will sanctify you completely, spirit, soul, and body. Um, the, the, interestingly, in James chapter 5, verse 15, uh, he says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Um, so here we're talking about a sanctification or a salvation, not just healing physically, but something spiritual is going on. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven, body, soul, and spirit. Pnevma, sihi, and soma, as we say in Greek. One other aspect of this is, think of Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You see how this is working? The inner state of our being, where God is at work, what you cannot do, but what God can do in your inner being, when joy is in your spirit and in your soul, the strength will pour out into your body. Um, it's such a beautiful thing to be transformed and renewed in our minds by the Word of God. 
so that we can be at peace with God, peace with man, and be found complete in God. The totality of this work is what God does. Hallelujah. How beautiful. The second shift I'd like to present to you is the shift from going at it alone uh, to a holy partnership. Um, brothers, Paul says, pray for us. Isn't that beautiful? I I'm telling you, I'm so excited to be able to share this with you because I feel that the Lord has given us this holy partnership. Um, we can say to you, pray for us. And you know what? We have been praying a lot for you. Uh, the, the work of Eltham is like the work of HM. I, if Eltham is going great, uh, we're excited. If you guys are going through struggles or if there's difficulties in the, in the life of the church, I'm telling you, it burdens our hearts. What a beautiful thing to be in this holy partnership, not going alone, uh, but going together in partnership. Uh, so he, prayer is an important ingredient of this holy partnership. Verse 26, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Now, that is difficult even under normal circumstances, uh, let alone wearing a mask. And you know, here in Greece, we kiss at every opportunity when we greet one another. Um, so I don't know how we're going to manage to kiss with, with these masks on, but I think there's an element of physical and a physical intimacy in the body of Christ. Um, let's pray that God will allow us uh, to bless each other and to uh, allow that sense of body to work, um, that, that, that sense of physical connectedness. Um, supernaturally, God has to, um, to bless us even as the early brethren were able to feel the warmth of one another through that holy kiss and embrace. Uh, verse 27, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. So there's the aspect of prayer, there's the aspect of physical intimacy, and then there's this sense of a call to integrity. Um, there's a practical nature of um, making sure uh, that each of those in our family, in our community, in our fellowship, understand the word of the Lord. Uh, it's a call to practically blessing one another and keeping one another accountable uh, with the word of truth. And then Paul finishes with verse 28, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. How beautiful. This is the bookend. Paul starts the epistle um, blessing um, the Thessalonians with, uh, with a, a greeting of grace, and he closes his epistle again. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Um, you know, I think one thing that's very unfortunate is that uh, in all that's going on with this COVID crisis, there seems to be division, not only politically, as we see in North America, but it seems that there's division that's coming into the body in terms of what does this COVID um, um, pandemic mean to all of us. And I just wanna make sure that as we um, close this session out, that we recognize that peace and grace are two elements of the same composition that 
that that enable us as believers uh, to be effective. Um, from from the from peace, only from a position of peace can we show grace to others. Uh, and so there's a few more shifts that I think we all need to be mindful of. The first one is shifting from criticism to honor. Uh, it's so easy, isn't it, to be critical of the authorities. It's so easy to be critical of politicians. It's so easy to be critical of those that are governing us. And God is calling us uh, to honor uh, those uh, that are in, in power over us, that govern us, that, that, that care for us. Um, this could be with your church leadership as well. Um, then there's the shift from victimhood to servanthood. These are days of opportunity where we can serve the body of Christ uh, and the body and, and those around us, as we've heard in this service already. But we can't do it unless we've moved from a place of peace uh, to a place uh, of grace. And then finally, shifting from hostility to hospitality, making everyone feel warm uh, in, our, in our presence, asking the questions, being concerned for those that might have a different opinion. And then finally, as we close this time together, let's remember that as being made complete in Christ with the peace of God, uh, being able to have grace that flows out of that peace, uh, we can embrace the days of great opportunity. This is the day of great opportunity. Habakkuk 1, verse 5, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. Um, these are days that are going to leave us with awe and wonder if we rest in the nature of Christ at work in us, transforming us to be a people of peace, filled with grace, overflowing with his joy from the inside out, and look and being those hands and feet that the Lord can use for his glory. May the Lord bless you richly as you continue to serve Australia and the nations.